one of my favorite people to follow is Warren Buffett. And he yeah. talks about this idea of book value. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, which means this is our hashtag one big idea episode. In these episodes, you'll hear some of the best big ideas from incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. Here we go. Welcome to the Flip My Phone Podcast. Uh, I have a dear friend of mine, Anand Dakar. Anand has been a great, great, great friend, uh, a personal mentor uh, as well for me as the CEO of Telefy, and then obviously a MarTech guru in a way that I saw him recently speak with Scott Brinker on the big stage of MarTech and talking about how all those 5,000 plus crazy MarTech companies are coming together. He's also well-known for his investment and is a growth advisor. So, you know, tap into him if you're looking for investment or advice on how to grow companies, because I know he's been working with so many of them, uh, especially in the last two or three years. So let's just, you know, the, the today, I think this is a very core topic, uh, something that I obviously have been thinking about, but as Anna and I, we're, we were in Toronto last week and we were flying back and then I asked Aaron, like, hey, if you're going all the way to John's Creek in Atlanta, can you just drop me there too? <laughs> so, we, so after the flight, you know, he obviously sits in first class, right? That's how uh, I'm sitting right behind him. Then we go all like for an hour and uh, it, it, this is a topic that we talked about. So. The topic is without a community, you are a commodity. And Anand, you have seen so many different companies in that. So I just want to pick your brain on it. So first of all, welcome to the show. Sangram, it is so wonderful to be here. Thanks. for well, This is a long time coming. Yeah, long time. To, yeah, you've been such an inspiration and encouragement of, of a lot of the efforts that we've been finally getting out to do. So I really thank you. And it's, it's great for us to share some great insights together yeah. on this. So yeah, and by the way, I don't always fly first class. It's just to be a treat. Uh, if you're ever flying from Atlanta to Toronto on Delta, it's like a hundred bucks more. So you might as well just take you it. Might as well do it. Yeah, that's right. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. All right, let's just start with a fun fact. Yep. Something interesting or fun uh, you may have not shared with a lot of people. Yeah, so I do a lot of woodworking. I am uh, very handy. I've seen and that at the I am, uh, It is something that I do. It started off initially as something that I do because I just wanted to save some money when I was broke, ass broke, yeah. right? But now it's really a calming, uh, inspiring, and enriching experience for me by being able to work with my hands, you know, building things, there's problem solving. I've even taught like a series of CEOs. I thought this would be a thing when like, yeah. I taught a series of CEOs on how to use tools and build on their own. And, yeah. you know, it's a way to be able to get into a mindset. Literally, uh, you see what you probably saw was yeah. me rebuilding my deck. Yeah. We have a two story deck and I rebuilt that, um, at our house. And during that time is when I got the inspiration of building a, the product that the last product that we sold. So that is crazy. You know, it's, it's a nice way. You know, yeah. and I was able to give you know my wife an excuse for why I bought all the tools. I, have. So there you go. <laughs> I love that, man. And I know a lot of people think about it that, you know, working 24 hours and just burn out, you hear Gary Vaynerchuk, like, hey, what are you doing at 2 a.m.? Like, start working, you know, wake up at 2 and just do it. And then I hear from people like you who have been, like, clearly very successful is like, no, just give yourself a break from that and do put, put your thought and energy into something else like woodworking. And, you know, great ideas can come out of it because you're in a completely different zone of things. How do you think about those two things? I mean, we, we have to remember different people do different things. They think yeah. differently. They operate differently. You know, that's one of the beauties of 
you know, why I talk about the MarTech 5000 all the time is like, you know, if we all did the same thing and we operated the same way and we had like five platforms, then we're pretty boring species. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, seriously. So, you know, for Gary, someone like Gary, who, yeah. uh, you know, he's an incredible guy versus say someone like Seth Godin, who's a uh, relatively opposite, right? Both of them, they probably sit down and think about things in terms of their inspiration through other actions, right? Through right. something they do. And maybe for Gary, it's I'm up at two in the morning and that's when he gets his best inspiration. And yeah. he's doing things like podcasting or writing or talking or engaging in, on social media. And, you know, for someone else like myself, for instance, it's going to be a different approach yeah. where I find white space that I like to do things that disconnect me from, you know, the day to day. I think about very complex things. And there's a lot of things, not only for me, my clients, family, but the world. And I'm just a different kind of person than yeah. someone like Gary. And I'm okay with that. I think for everybody, the lesson here is be you, be you, right? <laughs> be you. Don't be ashamed to be yourself. If yeah. you aren't, you get this. There's a point at which you want to be outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. But if you aren't who you are, then you're not authentic. Yeah. You can't empathize. You can't deliver and you'll start to feel lost. Yeah. And that lost sensation is extremely costly, not only financially, but also personally as well, spiritually. Love that. I think that's already a big takeaway for anybody listening to it. So, we're done. Yeah, we're done. We're done. All right. We didn't even get in the topic yet. So, so that was great. I, I think that just to finish off that point, I feel like it was it is so important for people to hear this, what you just shared on it, because a lot of people try to just copy. I want to be just like that person. Mm-hmm. I want to be there. I think you wanting what the other person has is a different thing than doing exactly what that person is doing because exactly. you exactly. have to try your own path in order to be authentic and for people for people to notice you. Otherwise, you'll be like Gary Vonnaby. And, and I don't know if there are a lot of Gary Vonnabees. Uh, but, and he uh, doesn't want them. Yeah, he doesn't want them. He doesn't want them he at all, them right? right? Like, yeah. Right up. All right. So today's topic, outside of like self-help that we just went to, <laughs> uh, is the, the idea that, uh, and I think I've shared this a couple of times in the podcast, but really never got deep into it, is the idea that without a community, you are a commodity. And I've been thinking that a lot as uh, being part of Pardot and then being part of Salesforce and then I'll terminus through Flip My Funnel. Like I think community is just like my DNA, it feels like, in, in many ways. But that's, that wasn't something that I was thinking about the whole time. And when you and I were on that long ride from Atlanta Airport to Johnson Street <laughs> and like, you know, at midnight, right? A flight landed on a Friday at like around 10, 30, 11 and we were on a midnight drive and we were talking about this. How crazy are we? We're talking about this, and I think you had some really interesting thoughts and examples. So, first of all, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things I never, I'm an introvert by nature, and I haven't thought about the fact that connect, but I think of people as, you know, we're a connected species. Like, we we don't like to necessarily be alone, even whether an introvert, extrovert, whatever the case may be, we like to be around people that that we have similarities with, right? We're the, the birds of a feather is the cliche, right? But Regardless of who you are, how you are, you want to be a part of some uh, community of people, whether it's your friends, whether it's your colleagues, whether it's, you know, other peers in the space, or even if it's different people that you want to be a part of so that you can explore different opportunities. But regardless, there is a connection between all of us. That Mm -hmm. is how we are as a species. Right. How we are as human beings. Right. So if that power has always been around from the beginning of time, like well before even marketing in terms of why community matters. So mm-hmm. it didn't become really apparent until I started spending a lot more time getting into the investment arena. And one of the one of my favorite people to follow is Warren Buffett. And he yeah. talks about this idea of book value. Mm-hmm. And book value is a it represents things. It doesn't represent ideas or people, talent or 
you know, the potential that's out there. Mm -hmm. But since we've moved from a physical, you know, manufacturing industrial world to this digital age where digital is all about connectivity, it's Mm -hmm. all about how we interact with each other, we share, right? If that becomes the case, then guess what? That is where new book value will be. As a matter of fact, I'm actually working on, someone has asked me to write a book about this, but we'll see about that. I may not get to that, but at the very least, I'm going to be writing a series of papers that kind of balance between the financial world and the idea of marketing and yeah. the and community specifically, because right. those are coming hand in hand. And we yeah. see a lot of companies that, that, uh, we, that I'm starting to find are the new, that's the real so company. So what are the examples? Yeah. So great example. I mean, one that we're all familiar with probably is HubSpot. Yeah. Right. Right from the get go. It wasn't about their product so much as it was about helping enable them mm. or helping enable those, the people that they were serving. If you want to get a taste of this as someone outside of just being a customer, Go if you're you're someone who's in a partner you know capacity or could partner with just just sign up to be a partner. Yeah. It's incredible how much energy and effort and content they provide just to make sure that you are seen as successful as a client of HubSpot. You're yeah. probably seeing the same thing. Yeah. And even for something as simple as just inbound marketing, I say just inbound marketing. I think we have evolved <laughs> a lot since uh, hits and HubSpot. But uh, HubSpot has been. And, you know, full disclosure, I have been, I tried to interview at HubSpot. They said, well, unless you're in Boston, you're not gonna, we're not going to hire you. But that was a long time ago. Yeah. And the other part of it is when they went IPO, I was, we went all in. I advised mm-hmm. not only we ourselves yeah. and friends and, you know, other people that we advise on a regular basis said, go into HubSpot. Just because yeah. regardless of the fundamentals, that's the case, right? Uh, another example, Atlassian, right? So the Atlassian community is admired because it has put together They've developed tools and solutions that are very product-like company that drives to help the community developers be better developers, right? And there's a theme in that, right? I'm trying to build a community to help people be better at their jobs Mm. or be successful at what they do, not showcase our products or showcase how we do things, right? And I think that's a big transition from that capacity. Uh, Microsoft has taken a change in heart, right? It used to be, we will own the whole world. And they have one of the largest, if not the largest, community of partners, customers, and uh, advocates mm. in their ecosystem. And it really wasn't well utilized mm. uh, because they tried to contain it. Now with Satya on board, you know, and again, we for the same vision that we saw, it's the same reason why we, you know, asked people to invest is, and invest ourselves, was this sort of, we live in a connected community or a com- connected ecosystem. We're going to be friendly with Linux. We're going to be yeah. friendly with Salesforce. We're going to be, well, Benny up may not think so. We like to be <laughs> Wasn't there something with Salesforce and Microsoft? Yeah, there was this whole debate on, you know, yeah. how there was this whole, there was some collaboration there. Yeah. But then there was also that LinkedIn thing that they yeah. kind of, uh, you know, kind of went back and forth on and, you know, spent many billions and billions of dollars. So, <laughs> Jeff, kudos to you for getting in the middle of that. Right. But the idea there was, you know, we need to be, we're part of a bigger world and mm. we can't own it. So, we need to be part of a connected community because that serves our clients, our customers, and our employees a lot better as a result of that. And since we mentioned Salesloft, and it yeah. wasn't one that was necessarily going to bring up Salesforce, yeah. right? Salesforce has done a tremendous job of making sure, I and mean, that has been almost one of Benioff's Crazy. cornerstone is I want to ensure that these people who are in high growth positions or want to be in a high growth position or enabling companies to be high growth and be nimble yeah. was the idea of moving from server to cloud. That was one of his, you know, one of his keynote, you know, notations. So community, community, community. I mean, you will see this over and over again. And when I write this post or paper or and, or maybe if someone was willing to help me write a book, then we will talk about this transition from book value to community as, as the cornerstone of a metric. That is, that is insanely amazing. I love that you said, and I wrote it down, we can't own it all, right? I think 
I'm, I'm surprised how many companies and how many founders that I talk to on a regular basis, they would say, we want to build it all. We're going to do it all. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Yeah, and then absolutely. you just take your head out of the sand. And then you look at like, <laughs> well, Salesloft didn't do it. Marketo didn't do it. Like, you know, why is it that all these big companies haven't done it? Well, because they are, and they clearly are building a lot of things too, but they have enabled an ecosystem of not just technologies, but also services. Right. And this combination of technology and services enablement, along with the community that you're building together we need to just redefine what a community really means. Right. In my experience, I think a lot of people have always thought about community as the customer and saying, well, we just need to do an event and do all these things around customers. Well, how do you define community? You know, it can't be your customers, but, you know, that's, it can't be only your customers, right? As a matter right. of fact, if you talk to, um, you know, there's a, a story I was going to tell on a webcast, uh, a webinar coming up about, you know, how to scale like a consulting business. I know a lot mm. of people like talk yeah. about product where you talk about consulting. And one of the factors is, you know, I like talking about it's all about the people. And Richard Branson talks about the fact that his community is his employees first and foremost. Right. He puts all of his, first. like he's his employee first, customer second. And that's a contradictory I that. statement. I love that. Right. And it's not that he doesn't care about customers, but he recognizes the idea that his people represent the brand. And if they are treated well, they feel like they're part of the mission. And we'll come back to the mission part of the minute to answer that question too then they will treat the customers that way, right? If you build that culture internally, you can find ways to have good relationships with partners or competitors or your customers totally or press yeah. or, you know, politicians yeah. of a certain... You don't have to, like, know. police that. That's right. Time. You don't you need to you. police it, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and so, you know, there's these degrees of control, so that's how you do it, right? So there's different ways to, you know, certainly define community, but the idea of your community is how do you think about your brand in terms of a mission that you want to go mm-hmm. after? If you mm-hmm. are targeting, like, being the best damn airline that's out there, yeah. then, or, or helping people travel in the most efficient and fun way possible then that's a mission yeah. that your community can get around regardless of whether they are customers, employees, partners, yeah. whatever. And so that I think that's an important thing is if you define who you are, what's your sense of purpose, yeah. then you can rally a community around that and you can develop whatever you need. And yeah. by the way, for startup founders, it's a great way to be able to pivot within that community <laughs> as well because you're not stuck in a rail where you feel like you own something and yeah. if you need to get out of it or you need to expand, yeah. you can start to take advantage of what the community is telling you and yeah. what you can share with the community by you know growing beyond. I love that, man. I think uh, I, I talked about this recently around this idea that it's easy to get people around a problem than a product. That's right. That's right. And, you know, and it took me a while to, to recognize that, but, because your product, to your point, you just mentioned about pivoting and stuff, which is a, a it's another natural. and it's yeah. a natural course. It's going to happen. Right? Not so. a single company out in the world has ever created a perfect product uh, <laughs> on their first go, nor they have a perfect product even after 10, 20, 30 years. Right. So pivoting is just a natural course of it. But you can get people together around a common problem. Best example of that is like we're we're in Atlanta. And, you know, if you and I being in Atlanta could say, hey, we're going to try to solve or we're trying to attempt to galvanize people around the problem of traffic. I think we'll get a, you know, a lot, of, <laughs> lot of people coming in. We all have that problem, right? But if you try to go into it, let's say, and say, we are going to do this project. Yes. That's not going to work. Nope. Right. And then you're already dividing the, the, the whole support. Right. Or, and you're not allowing the inspiration of opportunity yes. amongst that community. Right. Yeah. And I think that's important that, you know, the best idea, not everybody has the best ideas, but the best ideas can come from anybody. Yeah. And you want to take advantage of it. Right. So one of the other conversations I remember early on for Terminus and some place of Terminus was I met Eric Spett 
like David Cummings had asked him to talk to me about some stuff since I'm the more tech arena and he was getting into it. And I remember the way that he described it, what described what they were doing was more the problem. Yeah. It wasn't the product. Right. And because one of our discussion points was, should we go down the consulting route? Yeah. Should we go down a product route? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Early days it was consulting. Like, yeah. In the early days it was consulting. And yeah. that's okay. But it was like, but he was talking about the problem, which gave him and gave the company freedom yeah. to figure out what the analysis I'm like, go product, of course, because clearly there's a lot more multiple. Yes, I've sold in consulting firms before, but. Sometimes those are lottery, you yeah. know, lottery wins, and, and, and you know, self-admittedly, but but it's uh, but there's if you can define a problem, there's a good chance you can productize whether it's your service or your product, and, it will, and, it, and the yeah. community will give you time, give give you time, yeah, to, to all time. the examples that that you shared. All right, so as we wrap this up, I want you to share a challenge for people who are maybe in marketing, maybe in sales, maybe early stage startups, or even in a big company. I think there's some sort of entrepreneurship that are, that's brewing in almost everybody right now. I don't know what it is. Like everybody is trying to do something. And, and it doesn't really mean you go and start a company. It also could mean that you want to start a new initiative or a project, right? right. So think about a challenge you want to give while I try to, to you know, share a couple of really big nuggets that, that I learned from you today. So number one, I, I feel like you talked about this idea of book value to community. I never thought about it this way. And I think it's, it's something to take a mental note on. When we started the company... I learned about this idea of sales and marketing efficiency number, where it's just one number. And it wasn't like, mm-hmm. I thought marketing and sales were already broken down. No, marketing and sales, if you're marketing and sales today, just know FYI, marketing and sales have been joined to the hip in the financial statements. That's right, that's right. <laughs> and, and it was an eye-opener for me. I'm like, what? So, so it, it, it's just crazy. So when you said from book value to community, I think it's important for people to recognize that building a community creates really bigger book value. Mm-hmm. For your organization. Now, it's not like how do we create a look at a book value and turn that into a community. It's really how do you look at the community and turn that into a book value over a longer period of time. So I thought that was a really interesting. And then you said this thing, which I think is so important for everybody. And it's even for an individual contributor who might be listening to it, it could probably relate to is that don't try to do it all, right? Don't try to own it all. Don't try to create it all. It's really what are you really good at? And just really focus on that and then align with all these partners, community, customers, whatever it might be, internal or external, just align with them and, and bring that. So I think those two were really big ideas. One other thing that, that I've been thinking about just as a, as a founder is this idea of, of employee first. Mm-hmm. And I think we try to do like we call it like the Terminator first mm-hmm. internally, right? And Very early on. Yeah. And I agree with you 2000%. Like I, I think we want to be customer obsessed as an organization. Um, but we never want to be customer first. And it might be a very contradictory way of, like, of talking about it in this world because I know a lot of cost companies out there put out there on their the big frame, like, hey, customer first company. I'm like, well, where is your employee that is like second or like third? Like, you know, would we keep a customer that's not treating your employees? And we have fired customers who mm-hmm. have not treated our employees before well. So I feel like that idea, I think that's there's something we can really do another podcast just on what is your really true core value as a company? As a team. And, it, and, and remember, again, right, as part of that takeaway, it's not that you're not focused on the customer, right. but you know that your, since customer experience and trust and authenticity and humanizing are important part of that, I don't care how much technology you have, it's going to be your people that are going to be on the other side of that equation in terms of customer experience. And if they aren't trained well, if they're not empowered, if they're not on fire, guess yeah. what? Your customers are going to feel it. And as much as money you spend on brand and yep. press, PR, whatever, you know, colors that you want to put out there, rebrands, it's never going to matter until someone picks up the phone 
and they get that ex- or get on the you know on online and, and engage with that yeah. engage with one of your team members. Yeah, how are you making your customers feel? That's right. At the end That's of the right. day. So as we close this out, what is the one challenge you want to share with everybody listening to this podcast? You know, I would love for everyone you know in the theme of today of defining who you are and mm-hmm. your problem, figure out a problem and build a small community around that. Define what that is in terms of how you get together, how you all will communicate solving that problem. It could be a problem that may be solvable or not solvable, but I'd like for you all of you to get on online, say, this is who I am. Here's the problem I want to solve. Yeah. I want to build a small tribe around that. Who yeah. wants to be with me? And yeah. let's go do something good about it. And I want to see some interesting new steps. So hopefully if you just hop on Twitter or maybe on the comments of the podcast or online, you know, just something along the lines. Here's here, what's my problem, my, the problem to solve, right? Yeah. And and just go to town. Let's see it. Let's see that happen. And I think there'll be some incredible, inspiring things people are doing. And I think we'll also even learn more about each other yeah. as a part of that as well. Love that, man. And, you know, we can always gather people around a problem as opposed, just like you can gather people around beers and like bars and stuff. It's like <laughs> common problem. We just want to be happy. So, anyway, man, Anand, thank you so much, man. This was fun. It's always great to see you, man. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.